0: Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Defrain Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry.
1: I was sitting on the plane yesterday coming here, and a lady behind me, it was, it was in business class, so you think the weirdos are in coach, but there's some rich weirdos out there. And, uh, and she just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. Then she started to sing for the entire cabin's benefit. <laughs> out loud. And she yelled out, I'm hammered, as loud as she could. Wow. And uh, so the stewardess has come, the pilot starts to get concerned. And she starts to sing, we are the champions, my friends. <laughs> we'll keep on fighting till the end. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, what, what is going on here? So I was about to turn on something on the television just so I could block her singing out. And as I did that, I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me and say, I want to speak to you. And so I grabbed my my Bible and I opened it and I said, Lord, what? And he said, if Pastor Nancy asks you to minister, he said, I want you to share this. So he's made this extremely easy for me. Because when he lays it out that clearly, uh, it's not a matter of picking something that you think... You know, whatever, I just know exactly what it is to share. So can we read Second Kings chapter four and verse one? Amen. And it says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, My servant, my thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that my thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And he just started to speak to me as I was reading. And he said, did you notice this lady was in the ministry? Because her husband was a son of the prophet. And this represents, this is not just anybody. This is a lady, this is a pastor's wife. This is somebody that is, uh, has been in the ministry. They have given their lives to God. They have, their vocation is the things of God. And he said, did you notice that this is a ministry family? And she said, and this message applies to, applies to everybody, but especially ministers. So I, I wrote that down. Then the second thing is he said, notice what she said is, my husband is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. My husband's a minister. He's gone now, but he lived right. You can't get things from God if you're not, if there's not that holy living that pastor was talking about. Notice how she said, listen, we're ministers. We understand the ministry. We're serving God. Just because we're serving God doesn't mean we don't have problems, but we're serving God. And by the way, we're living right. He served. He feared the Lord, I feared the Lord, my sons fear the Lord. In other words, she's qualifying. I understand that if you don't live right, you don't get things from God, but I want you to know that we're living right and he lived right. So, so we qualify so far. Now she says, the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Really what she's talking about her, her sons, we could say symbolically represents her future. The next generation is about to go into slavery, right? Her future is about to be lost. A mama is interested in her sons, not just because she loves them, but they're they're carrying on the legacy. They're carrying on the name. My sons are about to go into bondage because we got some money trouble. My future is at risk because of some money trouble. I'm, I'm in the ministry. I'm living right. And the Lord said to me, he said, does that not apply to you and to many that you know? We're in the ministry. We're living right we're doing everything that we know to do right but some stuff's at risk because father we just don't have the money that we need to accomplish everything that you've told us to do I'm not trying to speak a bad confession I'm just saying that is the fact usually the vision exceeds the the money that we have right now we we have a lot more in our hearts than we have the supply at the moment to fund that that vision and that vision is at risk That future is at risk. And so the Holy Ghost started to uh, touch my heart and say, uh, this applies to you and it applies to others that you know. And it's not just that, and I don't mean to be negative, but it's not just that I'm that important or that you're that important. It's what pastor said last night. Can I quote her? God doesn't want messages to be lost. We need to build on them for where he's taking us. Why is God, he, he loves me, and yes, he's interested in my future independent of the bigger picture, but he's really interested, he's investing in me because I'm a carrier of the message. That's the most important thing. And if people can realize that I'm a carrier of the message more than I need to have a big name or a big ministry, God will do things for us because we realize I'm a carrier of something that's bigger than me something that that I had the privilege of coming into it's amazing some of you you know what I mean you talk to people that you were at Bible school with because I didn't go to a a faith Bible school years ago and you see them 15 years later 20 years later and they're in the same same problems same the way talking and we have so eclipsed we have and it's not I'm not giving us credit I'm giving the message credit it has so changed us you, you can't even they look at us and say we don't even hardly recognize you And I'm like, that's because you stayed with the same company, the same religious company all this time. But I've moved on. I've moved on to a different company with a different message. And the message changed me. God is interested in my future and your future because we are carriers. And what she said is the message can't be lost. It's important. Why why do you think people and those of you, most of you would understand the statement, a lot of ministers seem to, dropped dad hagen the importance of dad hagen after he died and you know why because they were looking at the man only like pastor said last night they thought it's all hinging on the man and when the man goes well it doesn't really matter anymore but they missed the train they missed the whole point it wasn't just the man it was the message that the man carried now uh not to not to get into too many specifics but i think most of you would be aware that member that Jesus appeared to his mother and said, Naaman, John, he'll be the forerunner of my second coming. And then she didn't do it. And on September 1st, 1950 in Rockwell, Texas, he's called away to heaven. He's 33 years old and he's standing in the very, th- <laughs> I mean, wh- t- there is no greater honor for a human being than to stand in the throne room of God. God the Father is standing just a few feet from him and Jesus says, don't look at him. And Jesus is telling him about his primary purpose on the earth in the throne room of God and he said yes I told I appeared to your mother told her to call you John she didn't but what's more important he told him about that he was the forerunner what's more important is that you minister in the power of the spirit but he told him that he was the forerunner now this is I think where people miss it and this is because people they they you know I hate to say but religious people don't want you glorifying a person but we're not glorifying the person we're glorifying the message and the difference with, really, John the Baptist was the forerunner of the first coming of Jesus, and Dad Hagan was the forerunner of the second coming of Jesus, but there's a difference between the two. John the Baptist contained the entire forerunnership in his person. He was one man. Dad Hagin did not contain the entire forerunnership in his individual person. Otherwise, when he died, it would end. He didn't contain the whole thing. What he was was John the Baptist was one man Dad Hagan was a forerunner. He began a movement or a group of people that would bring a message that would usher in the second coming. That's why, just because he's passed in 2003 we don't drop it because it's not just him he brought he was the beginning of a movement of which i have entered into that movement i am part of the forerunnership of jesus because of his message that we preach that's why the message is so important I was just in Africa. I got all these different sermons. I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? I can preach this, I can preach that. And he said, preach the message. Now, I know what he means by that. Now, there's different sermons within the message, but this message of faith, this message of dominion, this message, what Pastor was preaching last night, this is incumbent upon us to preach. We don't have time to waste time with all these other things. We have a message that must be preached. And this is why God is interested in our future, because we are carriers of it. And this minister was, this lady was a was a ministry family living right my future is in jeopardy because of money the most ridiculous thing that you could ever say I mean it's true it's it applies to all of us are you telling me the message is in jeopardy something as precious as the message is at risk because of money it's completely crazy but that is the reality so it's important that we know, number one, that we are carriers of the message. Luke 1, says that they are, John the Baptist was to prepare a people for the return of the Lord. And that is what this message is doing. Jesus said, when I come back to the earth, am I going to find faith? He, we are preparers of the second coming of Jesus. We can never understand the incredible value and importance on those of us that carry the message. And you see, when you promote the message, remember, remember Paul said, I exalt my office yes we honor the man that stands in the office when we exalt the office it's the same idea i'm exalting the message more than i am myself but because of the message pastor ramos God will do things for me because I'm a carrier of the message. God will overlook others to get to me because I'm a carrier of something that is beyond me. It's bigger than me. It came from Dad Hagen and others. And we are a carrier of this vital, important thing that the earth and the body desperately needs. And yet they fight against it. They fight against it. They fight against it. They fight against it. They They persecute. They fight against it. And even faith churches in Toronto that used to follow that message. And I'm sure all of us could say where we live we're seeing the same thing and we have seen the same thing where they cast off restraint. Now it's more important to have a big church than it is to have the message. Now it's more important to get numbers. Now it's more important. See they're basing value on the size of my church instead of am i fulfilling the mandate to preach the message and this is where they've missed it and this is where when revival when we see what pastor says we're on the verge we're on the verge something extraordinary is they don't qualify for that because they violated the message they walked up to light and they turned back i don't i'm not i didn't mean to be so ornery but but i'm telling you i'm trying to say this is we we are (laughs) i'm not narcissistic we, we, we got to stay humble but there are few in the body of Christ as a whole that are carrying this message and that is why pastor's voice and others like her is so is so critical that is why we have to come not just watch it on live stream as good as that is we have to be here because there's things in imparted you don't get you don't get when you watch you got to make the sacrifice to be here to pay the money to listen to the lady sing we are the champions <laughs> away from Toronto she sang this is a heavy price I have paid to be amongst those that are carriers of the message but it is a small small price amen I'm telling you so (laughs) what did we see here in verse two we got verse one okay I'm a minister I'm living right but I need something for my future And uh, we need something for our future because our futures are valuable. And Elisha said unto her, I like this. What shall I do for you? What do you want from me? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? She said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. We're always asking people, do something for me. All right now. Come on, Pastor Nancy, do something for me. She's my man of God. She's my woman of God. What are you going to do for me, Pastor Nancy? Uh, What are you going to do for me? Uh, We're always looking at, we got this attitude, I think, that is incorrect. I don't have enough. My ministry doesn't have enough. My family budget doesn't have enough And we're always looking for somebody else yeah. And really what is that that's, that's, we're, we're looking to something other than God To be the answer yeah. for us We're looking to something other than our source yeah. We're kind of you know people can be whining And then begging they're begging They're always what, are you, what can you do for me But the person that is in faith Doesn't really ask somebody else What can you do for me The prophet is trying to teach this woman and say What are you asking me for I'm not going to do nothing for you What are you asking me for what do you have what do you have God is asking us what do you have stop saying what I have isn't enough what I have is enough it isn't in terms of the size of the vision but it is when you factor in a very important ingredient the miraculous multiplying power of God what I have is enough with the miraculous multiplying power of God Jesus had five loaves and two fishes, and that wasn't enough. But he said, "You give him something to eat." Yeah. In other words, don't ask me; yeah. you do it. Amen. What do you got? Well, I only got five loaves. with That's enough with the with the miraculous multiplying power of God. Yeah. A missionary friend of mine in Mexico had conference for two thousand people. Five thousand showed up in the middle of the jungle. They come from all distances. They sleep there. They eat there. They expect poor. They expect you to feed them. And he had uh, made a commitment that he would feed them every day. And 5,000 instead of 2,000, they only had enough rice and beans and tortillas and all this wonderful, Mex- real Mexican food. Not Taco Bell. I mean real Mexican food. The real stuff. He only had 2,000 worth. And they had a big pot of this stew kind of thing. And so the worker said, what are we going to do? We've got to feed them. They're faint from their journey. And, 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 he, and he looked at the Holy Ghost. He, he said, Lord, what do I do? And the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, what do you got? And he said, I got a pot, but the pot isn't enough. He said, stop saying it's not enough. Just dip your, dip the ladle in. And now he said, and don't look at the bottom. Because if you look at the bottom and getting lower, it's going to hurt your faith a little bit. He said, don't look in the pot. Just get the ladle and keep scooping. Don't ask me for more. I've given you enough with the multiplying power. And so Pastor Ramos, they scoop out bowl after bowl. 2,000 people. There's 5,000 in line with bowls. They do the first two, and the lady's looking, and he said, "Don't look in the pot. Just keep, just keep ladling. Just keep doing it." They get to three. They get to four. They get to five. They look in the pot. The pot has not gone down—not one inch. See, they didn't have enough, but with the miraculous, miraculous multiplying power, what they had turned into more. And I'm guilty of it because I've said to God so many times, Oh, you told me to do this, you told me to that I don't have it, I don't have it. Shut up, Craig. You've got it. You just need to mix it with the miraculous multiplying power of God. In other words, stop whining, Craig, stop complaining, stop thinking it's not enough, stop saying I don't have enough for the vision. Stop stop doing that. What have I got to do? What do you want from me? What do you got? See, this is how God talks to us. What do you got? we're always looking for somebody else to help us what do you got even to our man and woman of God we really yes she helps us a a lot but we shouldn't be coming and saying I got problems Pastor Nancy can you can you please help me I need some this I need some that impartation and and advice and counsel is different but you know what I'm talking about she was in a financial need she's going to somebody for an answer but the man of God says I'm I don't have it what you what do you've got now watch what God does with what you've got. But you've got to do a couple important things. You've got to first look at what you've got, number one. But number two, you've got to do a couple of things once you look at it. So number two, he said the next thing. What is it? Verse three. And he said, go borrow. Vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Empty vessels. Borrow not a few. <laughs> do you realize what has happened here? This is so cool because it lines up with what pastor was talking about last night by the gift of the word of wisdom he saw that's why he spoke it he saw her borrowing he saw her coming in and closing the door upon her and her sons he saw her pouring the pot of oil out he saw it not staying he saw her selling the oil not only paying her debt but living for the rest of her life off the difference this was a retirement package it was not just what she needed it was more than what she needed but the gift of the word of wisdom saw saw into the future and gave her her answer the bible says that the holy ghost will show us things to come why do we need to know things to come because when we're in, we're in binds sometimes problems that will show us how to get out of the problem he wants to reveal to us what's going to happen he wants to reveal to us the answers Why are we struggling when he, with the genius knows how to get it out? He knows how to get us out of it. He's inside of us and he will reveal that by the word of wisdom, by the spirit of seeing and knowing we can know how to get out of our issues. That's That's why we have to have this operate in our lives. It's not just for the congregation on a Sunday morning. It's for us. It's to know answers for our future. I'm telling you. But did you notice like pastor said last night, the body of Christ was taught faith. Then he says now you're going to come into a manifestation greater than you've ever seen of the spirit of seeing and knowing which is the 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 revelation gifts specifically the word of wisdom and knowledge why because you have to understand faith so that when things are revealed you can use your faith to believe for them right if they're just revealed but you don't know what to do with that then that's a it's there's a loss there so he says i'm going to teach i'm talking big picture i'm teaching you faith Now you're going to have stuff revealed to you. Now you're going to use your faith on what you've got revealed to you by the Spirit and now the power gifts are going to step into operation and manifest what was now revealed to you that you've released your faith for. Amen. you you, you see, see how simple that is? So God by the Holy Ghost makes it so easy. Would we obey with blind, would we blindly obey if God said do this? we would if we didn't know what was going to happen if he just said go borrow and then pour into the first one and then we'll see what happens later would we still obey yes but we would obey how much more should we obey when the whole thing is laid out for us read the story he lays the whole thing out he tells her go and borrow come can we just read the next verse and when you are coming verse 4 shut the door upon thee and thy sons and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full she's already told her he told her exactly what's going to happen you're going to go and borrow you're going to come in shut the door pour it out and they're going to be full how hard is it to obey that if she didn't tell him the whole deal if he didn't tell her the whole deal well you know that that might be a little bit more challenging but would still do it on blind obedience but when the gifts of the spirit specifically the operation of seeing and knowing is an operation god makes it easy he shows us if you do this is what's going to happen now if you do this that's what's going to happen and it's all laid out and it's so simple all you do is obey that's why one of the reasons we need these gifts in operation in our lives because like pastor nancy said we've been taught faith now these revelation gifts reveal certain things but we've still got to know how to use our faith once they're revealed and now the power gifts to what end do we use that because the power gifts are now going to operate so that what we're believing supernaturally comes to pass but we need these things praise God James 2 17 could you turn there briefly with me hallelujah he has an answer for my future it matters to him that I succeed because I'm a carrier of the message. And you may not like me. I know you do, but you know what I'm saying. People out there may not like us. Other ministers in our in our city may oppose us. The government might withstand us. Different things may be against us. But God is, in, God is impressed with those that carry on the message, that aren't so small-minded and arrogant and proud that they think we're the big cheese. What we have something really important to say. No, we don't look at it that way. We, Lord, we're a carrier of the message. Yeah. That is our function and purpose on the earth. Because this is so important to heaven that this message gets out. Lord, you automatically are going to make sure that things come to pass for us. Because we're, we're in the ministry. And even if we're not, it applies to everybody. We're living right. But we got some needs so that the message can get out. Yeah. And so now the gifts of the Spirit start operating. Okay, you got some needs, no problem. I'm going to lay it all out before you. All you have to do is release your faith. Yeah. 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 And when you release your faith, the power of gifts are going to operate and fix what you need. That's right. Amen. 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 So we see, what did, what did I say now? What did I ask you to turn to? James chapter 2 and verse 7, and it says uh, 17, sorry, not 7. Even so, faith without works is dead. Amplified Classic says, faith if it does not have words, faith if it does not have words deeds actions and obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power inoperative and dead the phillips translation says "Bear faith without corresponding actions is useless and dead one of my favorite quotes of pastor that i've said hundreds of times in many sermons different parts of the world faith comes by hearing but faith does not operate by hearing faith operates by speaking and doing speaking and acting spirit led action so faith without action corresponding action doesn't work right now this prophet of god is trying to teach this lady this principle she he's trying to say listen lady do something now this is very important because we, we know now by the gifts of the spirit the answer it's been revealed but if you don't exercise your faith in what has been revealed right. the miracle power yeah. the the power gifts can't operate properly because right. there's a you, it's not just about it being revealed and then they pop in there's an, a faith in the middle here that we've got to operate in and so this man is trying this mighty prophet of god is trying to teach this lady if you really believe that this is going to happen that what i've told you is going to happen why don't you show it amen. why don't you do an action don't just say it right. do something amen to prove to God that you believe this works this is corresponding action and we have to ask ourselves what have we done to show God that we believe him Norval Hayes you know he's very ornery in some of his comments and that's one of the reasons I like him so much because he just rubs the cat's fur the wrong way God don't believe anything you say he only believes what you do I keep repeating that God don't because we all talk a big talk, but our actions really show God. If we (laughs) Norval likes to poke you with the stick, God don't believe anything you say. He just believes what you do. Now he does believe what we say. You know what he's trying to say by that. In other words, actions to faith are important. Lady, you believe this? Go borrow some pots. Do something. Go door to door. Get some pots. Bring them in. Show me That you believe that this miracle is going to happen And i'm telling you god's been on me about that a little bit prepare craig for your miracle If you don't have it borrow it If you can't buy it borrow it remember god said in this situation She don't have the money to buy it So he said borrow it because the miracle is going to cause the money to come that you'll buy what you borrowed Do you understand we don't always have the money up front And sometimes he tells you to believe for the money before you buy it and other times he says just go borrow it Because something's coming that you're going to buy what you borrowed. I Didn't say God said it in that situation. Just get moving make an action do something Just start to move just put your foot out and start to say Lord. I really believe this. I really believe this I'm a minister. I'm living right. My future's important. I got some needs you've even revealed to me What's about to happen all I got to do is step? How do I do something? Don't just talk. Don't just talk. Do something. Gather a pot. Oh, my God. Can I, can I say this? This really blesses me. A minister friend of mine told me about a Kenyan pastor that he knows. He was preaching at their church. Pastor, this, this, this touched my heart so deeply. This man is poor. Kenya, I mean, like all African nations. They, he just in the rural areas. He don't have nothing but he hears the message of faith by dad hagen and brother copeland yeah. and this minister that i know goes and, and starts to teach him and says now he quotes this verse james two seventeen. if you really believe put some corresponding action don't just talk about it so he leaves now this man goes before god and he says father i need a sound system because the people are growing and i can't there's so many people now i'm trying to project my voice out there and i'm losing my voice because it's this my voice can't carry to the crowds and i need not only by luxury but by necessity i need a sound system and he said but this man of god told me to put corresponding action to my faith now listen to this because this has had a great impact on me he said so father i believe that i have received when i pray my sound system and he went and he got a pair of scissors and he got some cardboard and a marker and he cut i'm not making this up He cut a square of cardboard with tape and he made himself a cardboard sound system with little buttons and levers and he drew it with marker. He got a rope, he got a piece of wood and he took his knife and he carved the wood into a microphone. A crude looking microphone. He took the piece of rope and attached it with tape to the end of the wood and let that length of rope attached it with tape to the, e- e- to the side of that cardboard sound system. He got up the next morning in church and he said, I want you all to know we've got a brand new sound system. He didn't say we're, we're, we're. he called those things that be not as though they're, he didn't say we're believing for it. He said, look at our new, and he's holding up a piece of wood look at our new sound system I call that we have a new sound system and some of the people laughed and some of the people got it and he held that microphone for a year and he preached into the piece of wood every Sunday and every Sunday he said praise God for our new sound system see he doesn't have the ability to take a loan from the bank there are no banks in the village he doesn't have the ability to go in and try to hobnob with son. There is no way. Like Yangi Cho with his Schwinn bicycle. There is no way to get it unless God does it. Amen. We have other back doors at times, but this man's got no way except God does the working of miracles. And he preached for a year into his wooden microphone. Talk about faith. And a year later, he hears the sound of a car. In the in the village, you don't have cars. So that's an unusual sound. He comes out, a businessman in a big, big black sedan pulls up to his church, opens the door, and says, I'm looking for the pastor of this church. He said, I'm the pastor. He said, God Almighty spoke to me. I'm from Nairobi. He told me to buy you, I don't know if you need it, but God told me to buy you a brand new sound system. And he opens up the trunk and he pulls out a sound system, speakers in the back seat. Wires, microphones, he sets it up, and the next Sunday he holds the real microphone and he says, Now he said the same thing that he's been saying for a year. Praise God, we got our new sound system. The only difference is his faith ended in sight. Before it was just faith, now it ends in sight. Now that man, now you think, now be grateful, Pastor. Don't, don't don't be pushing God too much. He just answered you hush up now be quiet Be happy with your sound system the very next day. He started thinking you know what we don't have that we need cars So he started saying lord i'm going to set an example to my congregation I'm going to believe you for a car if you can do this. Why can't you do that? Remember what remember what jonathan said to his armor bearer? It it is not no restraint to the lord to save by many or to save by few The two of us with God, doesn't matter if we've got 30 of us against 20 or 20 against 20 or two against 20. God is not hindered by our ability. There's no restraint to say by many or by few. If it's God, He'll do it. So He said, Lord, there's no restraint for you. If you can do it with the sound system, you can do it with the car. And I know they're telling me to hush up and be grateful, but I am grateful. But now you've given me a taste. You see, now I get a taste of the good life and I want more. And that's what God wants. He wants us to get a taste of the good life. Praise God. I'll be honest with you. When Pastor Nancy first took me to Louis Vuitton to have a look at her stuff, I was swallowing hard. I'm like, I'd never be able to afford that. In my mind, I'm thinking that, well, that's that's for highfalutin folks like her. That's not for me. And the Holy Ghost said, just stay around it. Just stay around it stay around with people that think bigger than you Just hang out with people that think bigger than you So I go to the next time and I'm and I'm looking and I'm like, well, this is okay. Lord. I I like this I mean if I don't like it personally, it doesn't matter I'll find something I like but I did like it personally and I said lord. So you know what? Uh, You're no restraint for you. If you love her you'll do it for me. It's just a matter of faith So I started putting my faith on it and then it started to come to pass because you've got to hang around people that know more than you. And half the problem is everybody thinks they know everything. Everybody thinks that they know everything. Especially young people. They think they know everything. But I found that some old folks think they know everything just because they've got some gray hair. You don't know nothing unless you've been taught. That's another Norval Hayes quote. You don't know nothing unless you've been taught. And hang out with people that know more so that you'll learn something. I like hanging out with Pastor Nancy because she's always going to know more. That's the way God set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. That's your spiritual parent. Always knows more. And by the way, if you don't have a spiritual parent, if you don't have a pastor, then then you're shot dead in the water before you even leave the port. Because that is the epiph. That is the that is the pinnacle of arrogance. I don't need it. I, I, I look at look at my years of experience. Look at my PhD. Look at my this. Yeah. we got it we got the lady needed elisha elisha needed elijah yeah. Yeah. Come on. i'm getting distracted come on. Come on. so he, you know what so he says lord i'm believing you for a car and the lord spoke to him the way i know this is because the pastor went back and saw the sound system and then saw the next thing and he told me the story that's why I, why I know it and he said the lord told him and said do something to show me that you believe me for the car corresponding action yeah. go borrow a vessel
0: yeah come on yep.
1: yeah right do something he said how do i what do i go around and what do i do how do i show you that i believe he says where are you going to park the car he said why don't you make a parking lot so he said well i don't have the money to make a parking lot but he cut a can of paint and in the dirt he drew lines and every year he said thank god wow look at all the cars out there everybody look at all the cars out there and now the congregation that were mocking him pastor because they saw the sound system, they hushed up real quick. Uh Now they're not mocking. Now they're like, yeah, thank God for the cars. Can I get one of them? Can I get one of them? Well, if you put your faith with me, we'll all get one of them. And a year later, this minister went back and in front of that little shack church, there were cars everywhere. He couldn't even afford shoes when he started. Now he's driving a car. Now his congregation are driving cars. Now they're in the building process of building a big building for all the hundreds of people that want to hear the message. It's about the message. Because they're broke, poor Africans, and the missionaries have lied to them for years and said, You're in need. We'll just hand something to you. Instead of saying, What do you have? Sow and tithe and believe and let God add to what you have. This is the problem, Pastor. Religious missionaries have ruined the mission field. They ruined it. They single-handedly ruined it. Telling them that they're poor and that we need to give something to them. No, 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 you don't give nothing to them. You give them the word. You say, what do you got? Now you tithe and you sow and you speak and you believe and let God do the miracle for them instead of them trusting the missionary to do the miracle for them. I'm telling you, that's why we're carriers of this message. That's what Nigeria needs to hear. That's what Liberia, where we're going next month, needs to hear. I'm telling you. So a little while ago, the Lord said to me, son, there's some stuff I want you to do, and I want you to believe me for an airplane. I said, Lord, an airplane? I'll believe you. i believe you, but what for? And then he started to explain different things we're doing in northern Canada and different things we're going to do in Africa. And he said, I want you to start believing me for an airplane. So I said, okay, Lord. And have you ever had when God talks to you, you think it's like 10 years in the future, so you write it down, but then you truly and honestly intend to forget the whole thing <laughs> because this obviously is not for now. So I did that, and I put it in the back of my journal where all the words are for like, I don't know, whenever. They're not happening anytime soon. I put it in the back, and he said to me, just a couple days after I wrote it down, he said to me, the time is now. I said, Lord, it's been 48 hours. How do you mean the time is now? I don't even have a pilot's license. What do you mean the time is now? And he said, start believing me for once. So I said, okay, Lord. So I started, Lord, I thank you. I believe I have received. We know We, we, know, the, we know how to do it. Yeah. Right. And then he, sw- he swore to me, and he said, remember that African pastor you preach about? The one I just preached about? I said, yeah. He said, why don't you do what he did? I said, what do you mean? How am I supposed to run around? What do I have to do? Do this? What do I have to do? How how do I show I've got an airplane? By faith. And he said, where are you going to park it? I said, Lord, I don't have the money to go and buy a hanger. He said, then go borrow it like I told you, because I'll pay it off. Just start. Just start. Just get your foot and start. And from three weeks, from the day he said it, three weeks, exactly 15 business days, we got the key to the nicest, they call it the Taj Mahal. It's the nicest hanger with all the best upgrades. They were in a bidding war against the, the, with the owner. And the owner said to me, she said, my husband, when he died, said, "Make sure it goes to a do-gooder." Yeah. And she said, "You're a missionary, and you're going to help people hear about the Bible." She said, "I'm not even going to sell it to you." They were all offering her a quarter, 25% more than it, more than what she wanted to even sell it for, because there was a bidding war. And she said, "She said, I've never seen it like this, but it almost seems that something has reserved it for you." <laughs> she said that, and I said to her, "Rosemarie, it's not something; it's called God." Yeah. Yeah. And she sold it to me for under market value. The same price she paid uh, uh, 15 years ago. Same price, not a penny more. And it's got all the upgrades. The chief flight instructor was bidding for it. The guy that goes on the plane, you know, on the radio where they do traffic things. The main guy in Toronto was bidding on that hangar. The one who does the traffic every day. Because it's the nicest hangar. And the Holy Ghost said, should not my church have the nicest item on the field? I said, yes, sir. I said, but Lord, just so that you're aware. I don't even have the pilot's license yet. He said, this is an act that you have just borrowed a vessel. You've gone out and you borrowed something. Now watch me fill it. Remember Amy Symbol McPherson? Just dig the hole just start show God you believe him start and he'll he'll fill it by the working of miracles he'll fill it I guarantee you that just a matter of time that thing will be filled with a plane because God works when we have corresponding action what have you done When God has revealed to you what you're supposed to do. When those revelation gifts have revealed to you, you've seen where you're going. You've seen. Have you started something? Have you gone and borrowed something? Have you made a step? Have you done it? Because it won't happen if you don't. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Last point. He says here. And when thou art, verse 4, when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. And she pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons. And brought the vessels to her who bought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full. That she said unto her son. Oh bring me yet a vessel. And he said there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And then she came and told the man of God. and said, And he said go and sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. The blessing made rich and had no sorrow to it. The blessing didn't just pay for the immediate issue, the immediate need. It dealt with the long-term future. The creditor was the immediate future, but now he says, go ahead, this is your retirement. Your husband's lived right. This, God is honoring you. Now, you're going to get so much money, you're going to live off this for the rest of your life. Yeah. That shows me that God is not just interested in my immediate future. He's interested in my absolute long-term, down the road, over the hill, and past the mountain kind of future. He is, he is interested in fixing. Why? Because he's invested in me. Because I'm a carrier of the message. Yeah. That's right. Pastor Noel, we are not just preachers. Amen. Preacher. <laughs> we are carriers of the message. This is why we can't fail. Amen. That's right. This is why he's revealing things to come. That's right. That's he's revealing to me, this is where you're going to go. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. With, but if I don't go and do a corresponding action and release my faith by a corresponding action, yeah. Yeah. like buying the hanger, like building the sound system, like painting lines in dirt, if we don't do this with corresponding action, he might have revealed it but that is why we have this message of faith so that we can now act in what he's revealed act on it why so that the gifts of power the power gifts by the working of miracles can operate now and supernaturally cause what we didn't have to come but if we don't step out in faith it will not we'll sit here 10 years from now with this grand vision for the future and still say but lord i'm living right but Lord, I'm in the ministry. Lord, I love you, but it's nothing's happening because we're not not taking what we learned from Dad Hagen and actually doing it. And it's uncomfortable. You sweat a little bit when you try to, if you you get in your mind, you're done. You've got to stay in the arena of your spirit when you're stepping out in faith. And you've obviously got to be led by the Holy Ghost when you're stepping out in faith. You've got to have spirit-led action so that you're not foolish in what you do. And it's got to be within your measure of faith, but you all know all that kind of doctrine. But the point is, we got to step. We got to step. We got to step. We got to make the step. We got to make the step by a corresponding action. And then the last point is not only do we have to make the step, but we have to actually use what we've got. He didn't say, I'm going to give you some oil. He said, You pour out the oil that you've got. We are so used to holding things so tight, so tight. This is all I've got. If I let this go, I don't know what's going to happen. No, no, that's the whole point of faith. If you went by faith to borrow the vessel, at least by faith, pour out the oil. You've already made the step of faith to borrow something, to to show God you believe Him. But now take what you've got and let it go. See, that's another act of faith. Letting go what you've got instead of hoarding it because you're afraid. Now, did you notice in this story, it was just pouring into what she already had around her, which speaks, represents her ministry, her future, her call, Amen. right? But just turn with me very briefly so you can see another side of this as well in 1 Kings 17, because I believe, even though it doesn't list it in this story, in the 2 Kings 4, I believe there's something very important that we have to do before we pour it into our vessels. Do you understand? Yeah. Our Plans, right. our assignments. Release what you've got and pour it into the, what God's telling you to do for your ministry. Yeah. But there's something we got to do before. Yeah. It's not listed in this story, but it's listed in the other story. And this now is where in verse, uh, praise God, verse seven, 17, first Kings 17, verse 9. Arise, get thee to Zarephath which belongs to Zidon and dwell there behold I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee so he rose and went to Zarephath and when he had come to the gate of the city behold the widow woman was there gathering sticks he called her and said fetch me I pray thee a little water in a vessel that I may drink notice the first request didn't cost her a thing he just wants to see are you going to do it just do what's easy if she don't even do what's easy nothing else is going to happen now what as she was going to fetch her so now she's in obedience she had not even fetched it yet he just wanted to see if you're going to obey then he calls her and said, and by the way, now he ups the ante. Yeah. I asked you something that didn't cost you nothing because there's a public well. Yeah. But now I'm going to ask you something that's going to cost you a lot. Yeah. Bring me, I pray, the morsel of bread in thy hand. She said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little of oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go and address it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. I mean, she's just given up. Yeah. She already told her son, you better enjoy this. This is the last meal you're ever going to get. And Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, not second, not last, not eat and give me the crumb. See, there's there's a principle here. Give me the first fruits. Give me your best. Give me the honor. And bring it to me, and after, make for thee and for thy son. Now listen, the word of wisdom is operating and now tells her the entire answer. How hard is it for her to obey? If he had just said that, it would have maybe been a bit more of a big faith step. But he tells her exactly what's about to happen. This revelation gift lays it out. But you still need faith to step into what has been laid out. If you don't have faith when it's revealed, the miracle gifts will never operate. Right? Right? For thus saith the Lord, he tells her, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal will not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. If you'll just do what I'm asking you to do, I'm already telling you by the gifts of the Spirit, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, even though you know it's going to be fine, you have to step out in faith and make the meal. Amen. Right? You so And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her house did eat many days. What's the principle here? The first, when you're going to pour out your oil, the first one you give it to is the one that's over you and the Lord. And I am convinced, and I know a lot of people don't like, not this group, but, (laughs) oh my God, I have so many enemies, you have no idea. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, have mercy. (laughs) Because I'm with the largest uh, Word of Faith Church in Toronto, a couple thousand people, and they invite me so we can. I don't even know why they invited me. They've never invited me back, but they invited me the first time so that they could have a powwow. So during our powwow, the pastor says, and he went to Raymond. He knows all the stuff that we know, and he says, "Nah, I don't. We don't believe in tithing up anymore. It's a waste of money. Yeah, it's just that's just them trying to get our money." And now we don't believe in guest ministers anymore. The pastor's gift is enough for the, for the sheep. And so I just decided to pipe up. Maybe if I hadn't of, I would have been invited back. But then again, maybe I don't want to be invited back. Because maybe I don't want to hang around with people like that. And I'm not against them, but they're, but they're carnal. Right. Amen. And so I, I chimed up and I said, So, you, you've decided to be a thief and a robber. Come on. And he looked at me and he goes, What are you talking about? I said, You know what the Bible says, you silly thing. I said, you know Leviticus 27 says a tithe is holy, and you know that the the priest gave tithe to Aaron, and you know that you're supposed to tithe to your spiritual parent, and I said, the only reason you're doing it is you're a thief and a liar. Well, I didn't didn't bring you here to, to accuse me. I said, I'm not accusing you. I'm telling you that you're a thief and a liar you're thieving from your spiritual father because you've decided that he's stealing your money yeah, hello. because you missed the whole boat yeah, yeah. and I said and you watch what happens yeah. go ahead and enjoy your 10% and watch what it gets you yeah. Yeah. well very quickly he ended the meal yeah, yeah. but you know like I'm convinced that we have a lot of problems and I, and, I, and I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying that. But, but, I, but I, I really do believe that there is a, there's a principle here. Make your man of God the thing first. Amen. When you're going to pour out of your oil, pour it into his vessel first. Amen. Give what? give Do be your priest and give up to Aaron. Amen. I'm so happy. And I told our congregation, every dollar you give 10 cents goes to Pasadena. Every one. We've never changed that and we never will. Then on top of that, we give another 5% to other ministries. Yeah. We live off 85% of what comes into our church, and we've never not had more than enough. Right. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And them, you pastors, you proved it out, you know it. But did you notice that it's an act of faith to do that? Because yeah. yeah. sometimes when they send you the books and they show you all the money that's going out, you know, if you get in your mind about it, yeah. you'd be like, well, Lord, I need to buy this and I need to buy that. And, you know, that money could have gone toward this, that money could have gone toward that, but that's just the mental arena. Yeah. And if you engage the mental arena, you'll quit. You've got to stay in your spirit and say, no, Lord, this is a principle, this is a law. I'm not pouring into my vessel first. I pour into who you've placed over me out of honor. Just like I tithe personally, I'm tithing to you, Jesus, but ministerially, I'm tithing as well because I'm going to give my man of God the first cake. There's a principle here we must obey. And I'm telling you, it works. It works. So we go back, and as I close, he says, now pour it out. Now we know from this story, let's pour it out first to those that are over us. Yeah. Nobody's asked me to say that. Nobody wants it. Some people, I'm just telling you that's what works. That's what works for me. You do whatever works for you. You do whatever works for you. But I'm telling you, you want your church to be blessed. You want your church to be blessed. Start taking 10% of what comes in. And, 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 and another thing that really annoys me, Pastor Debbie... Because you're 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 the one that always gets going with the chainsaw thing, so you know, I look to you because I think you'll agree with me. The, the, these, the, these people they take, oh yeah, I tie This one guy said, Oh, I tie. I said, Who do you tied to? Well, I give 0.5 to them and 0.5 to them and 1% to them and 1% and you know why? It's because they don't have a spiritual parent. They don't have a pastor. So I looked at him and he's got a much bigger church than me. And I said, uh, so who's your pastor? I don't need a pastor, I'm a pastor. I said, You don't need a pastor. So I started giving him the scripture. And I said, it's great to sow to the missionary here and that person there and that person there. But I said, that holy tithe belongs to your pastor. That does not belong to every missionary on all parts of the world. Give them the offerings. But your first fruit belongs to your pastor. Well, I don't believe that. And I said, and how long have you been in your church? 35 years. I said, and is your budget met? Rarely. I said, that's why. Because you're too cheap to, to take the 10th, not, 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 not dividing it all up, take the whole 10th. That's what it is, the tithe goes to your spiritual parent. I don't mean to offend people because I'm not telling you that you, if God tells you do something different, you do something different. I'm just saying that's what works for us. That's what works for us. That's what works for us. Listen, our message is too important. We have to have the funds to preach. Some of you have to have the money to finish your building, to buy, to build the next building, to build the school, to buy the plane, to travel the globe. We need, we're ministers living right. We need this increase. But God's saying, what do you got? Would you act out by faith and believe me? I'm revealing it by the gifts of the Spirit, just believe me. But now pour it out. Don't hold back. Sow into first who is over you, and second, start releasing your, your resources into the assignment that I've given you. If I've given you anointing, start to preach. If I've told you to go and, if you've got a gifting here, start to operate in it. If I've told you to buy something, at least put a down payment on it. Just do something. Start to pour. Start to pour. Disciples, Have them sit down in groups and hand out the fish and the loaves. Start to do something. The people that with the water with the wine, just fill the pots with water and go and start pouring. Our job is to do the work. God's job is to perform the miracle. Our job is to pour it out. Our job is to say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I don't care. I just know you're going to do it and I'm pouring it out. His job is to turn it into wine. His job is to make sure the oil does not stay. that's the working of miracles that's the working of miracles he'll do it if we'll just start we've just got to start we've got to pour so what's number one saying you have enough i don't know what what I, i have nothing except this part of all just say start to say i have enough mixed with your miraculous multiplying power i have enough that's faith what's the second thing doing something to show god that you believe what he has said go and do a corresponding action of faith and i'm being very practical if you're believing for a new partner go paint some lines if you're believing the lady said to me a little while ago she's believing for a new place and she hasn't come to pass hasn't come to pass and i heard the holy ghost say tell her to go pack show god you believe it so she went out and bought a tote and started to pack and she said, this is weird because I don't know where I'm going. I said, that's, get, that's your mind. Get out of your mind. Get into your spirit. Right. Did we not pray the prayer of agreement? Is the new place not coming? Yeah. Well, then act like it's coming and pack your house. Because we're too, just too easy to sit. Not, and then number three, we've got to say it. We've got to do it. And then use what you have. Start. Just start. Just pour out sow into those over you, and then just start to make a forward motion movement into what God's asked you to do. Amen. Just start. Amen. Just start. For me, it's getting the pilot's license. Yeah. Do you understand? For me, it's, for you, it might be something different. Just start. Yeah. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just take the first pour, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and your mind's going to say it's going to run out, but that's where the working of miracles comes in, and it doesn't run out. Amen. Yeah. But if you never try to pour the oil, you'll never know if it's going to work or not just start remember revelation gifts have been given to us but you still got to use faith just because we know what's revealed we've got to step out in faith we got to show God we believe him so that the miracle power of God can meet it and the power gifts can kick into action praise God hallelujah the Lord is good the Lord is good. I don't mean to offend anybody about the tithe thing. I mean, people do whatever's in their heart to do. I'm just saying somebody, uh, you know, it's very hard for Pastor Nancy to stand up here and try to explain to people how they need to tithe. Because it can sound self-serving. Do you understand? But somebody, that's thank God for Dr. Dufresne. <laughs> because Pastor Michael, we were in the restaurant in Mississauga. Nobody taught me that we had to tithe as a church. I didn't know it. I would have done it if I'd known it. Nobody ever told me that. And we're sitting at the table and remember, remember pastor, he looked at me and he said, uh, you tithe? You know, a doctor just to the point. I mean, no flowers, just to the direct. Do you tithe? I said, yes, I tithe. I tithe personally. He goes, do church tithe? I said, no, I didn't know the church was supposed to tithe. He goes, tell them pastor Michael. And so pastor Michael starts talking to me about why it's important for a church to tithe. And I can feel sweat drops starting to form <laughs> on my head. Oh, my God. And my mind is running 100 miles an hour. And I'm thinking, we can't afford to tithe. <laughs> we just can't afford to do it. So, Doc, you may say what you want, but I'll nod my head and be real polite and respectful to you. But I ain't not doing what you're saying, not for a second. Because I, we'll go under for sure if we do that. <laughs> do you remember, Pastor Michael, you saw me sweating. But I get home and the Holy Ghost says to me, he gave me some scriptures. This was one of them in 1 Kings 17. And he said, now, he said, do you believe that I've given, he's got a grace for your life? Do you believe he's assigned to you? I said, yes, sir, I do. He says, and if you'll step out in faith and do this and stop looking at your budget and just step out in faith. Show me that you believe me. Show me, show me that you honor him. And we started it from that day. and We've never quit and we've never from that day, and Pastor Michael told me, remember you told me, sir, you said you always struggled But the time when you started tithing as a church, your church started to increase, and I said, Lord, if it works for him, it can work for me, because while he is kind of cooler than me, you don't love him more than me, you love us the same, if it works for him, it works for me, (laughs) If it works for him, it better work for me. I mean, and I'm telling you, it works. It works. Because we're carriers of something bigger than just whatever our ministry name is. We are part of the forerunnership of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a privilege. What a privilege. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these precious, precious ministers of the gospel. And congregation members alike. It applies to all of us, Father. For us, we may be talking in ministry terms, but for them, Lord, their finances, their family budget, their new house, their new car, their new business, it all works the same. But Father, since it is a minister's focus during these meetings, Lord, I thank you that as that lady was part of the ministry heritage, and she was living right and doing, fearing the Lord, yet she was struggling. But Lord, the power of God revealed to her the answers, and she was. It was incumbent upon her to act out with corresponding action, to do something to show you that she believed you, and then to release with the little she did have and trust that when she poured it out, you would multiply it. Yes. And, Father, you said to me on the plane, this is such a simple and ultra-simplistic message. But for whatever reason, Father, you said, I, I do know the reason, Lord, I, I just want to obey you. The pastor's given me the great privilege and the honor of having a voice this morning. Lord I thank you for your precious ministers that some of them and, and and this is not so deep that none of us know these truths Lord this is just a, a refresher and a reminder and a reinforcing this morning of what I know they already know. Some of them know it better than I do. but Father, if we don't actually act, if we just know what you've revealed but we never do anything we'll stay in the same place for the rest of our lives. we must take that great step of faith. We must show you we believe, we must have corresponding action and we must release what we've got. We must release it. We must first make the cake for the man of God. We must then pour into the vessels that we have borrowed. You will do the miracle for us. Our our ministries will surge ahead because we are carriers of a message that must be preached. It must be preached. The nations must hear it. There's so many wonderful works out there, but few of them contain this message. And we are carriers of a holy message. And Lord, for that reason alone, despite the fact that you love us and you care about us as individuals, but for that reason alone, you are invested in our success because we carry a message that is going to bring back the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray you'd encourage and strengthen those that are here this morning. Remind them, Holy Ghost, that nothing is impossible. That Lord, no matter how many years of ministry they've had under their belt, that Lord, it's easy to let the cobwebs and the dust settle on some of these things. But Lord, if they'll just look to what they have. What they have is enough. What they have in their hand right now is enough to turn it. If they mix it with faith and with the miraculous multiplying power of God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God
0: hallelujah pastor craig wonderful hallelujah you know dad hagan said that uh people would ask when different leaders in the body of christ went home to be with the lord he people would say well i wonder on who that mantle fell and he said For me, he said, when I go home to be with the Lord, he said, it's on those who take the message. It's not just going to fall on an individual. It's going to fall on who takes the message. Amen. Hallelujah. Were you thinking of ways that maybe you can even look back? I was sitting there thinking, I remember just an idea, a thought came to me about what to do regarding something I was believing for. And I just kind of molded around and set it back down. Anybody think of, you know, that, that could have been God prompting me in the direction of a divine act that he can meet. Are you sitting there thinking about I'm believing for this. I'm believing for that. But what have I done and what do I have to do it with? Amen. So we have homework assignments. What are we believing for now? We have to make sure something's in place that God can fill. Amen. Hallelujah. And he said something that's so important. Look to the spirit. The spirit of God will prompt you. On what an appropriate corresponding action action is. Amen. Look to your heart. Don't look to your head. But look to your heart. And I don't know Pastor Craig. Maybe we ought to put some more drunk singing women behind you. Because if that came out of that setting. That setting might be profitable at some point. For the rest of us. That was wonderful. Thank you, Pastor. I always love listening to him and he feeds me. He feeds me. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.